Hello, sports fans. This is Jeremy Taché, and this is Miami Miked Up, presented by Cold Blue Vodka. If you haven't tried Cold Blue yet, head over to your nearest Total Wine or select Sam's Club's locations to pick up an ice sculpture bottle. It's the perfect refreshing drink to enjoy on its own or in your favorite cocktails, mojitos, Bloody Marys, martinis, Moscow mules, and more. Cold Blue Vodka is gluten-free, crafted from American-sourced corn, and distilled eight times. Easy to sip on, enjoyable, and the best part, no hangover the next day. I repeat, no hangover the next day. Our friends over at Cold Blue Vodka gave us a promo code for our listeners. Head over to coldbluevodka.com and use the code BALLY20 for 20% off. That's one word, B-A-L-L-Y-2-0, for 20% off your online order. Cold Blue Vodka, redefining the blue-collar lifestyle. Now, let's get to the show. And we are pleased to have the captain, Miguel Rojas, on this episode of Miami Miked Up, who just signed an extension to stay here in Miami. First question for you, Miguel. What is something outside of work that has brought you joy recently? Uh, I feel it's a, it's a blessed that I, that I could go to Venezuela after the season was over mm-hmm. and actually spend time with my mom. Uh, it's been a while since I... Um, I got the opportunity to do that uh, and just just go go there and be with my family, be with my mom and my sister. Uh, got to see my grandfather and and all that. It's been great. Other than than like seeing my kids grow, you know, like mm-hmm. when when the season when the season's over, you got the opportunity to become a dad again, you know. Uh, because uh, I mean, when you play baseball, you got you got into these uh, routines when you have to go to the ball at a certain time, you have to just leave home for like 10 days. And then uh, it's, it's nice. It's been nice to be back home and continue to be a, a, a family member here at home and, and just actually uh, um, just become a, a, a father again, like I say, uh, and watch my kids grow. Yeah, well, this is a great uh, weekend to be a father. It was Halloween. Did you guys do anything special for Halloween? What, what did the kids dress up as? I saw something on Instagram. Yeah, so my my son was one of these new video game characters that everybody's playing on their iPads and stuff. <laughs> his, his his name was Boyfriend. So okay. uh, I, I'm not too familiar with the with the custom and and who he was, but uh, I mean I know the game and uh, he always asked me to play with him and and that was something cool that we did. And you know, like we were uh, uh, trick or treating uh, at at the end of the night, you know, by the by the neighborhood so uh it was a nice night you know like we enjoyed my my little baby was a little angel with uh <laughs> with uh things on her back and that's and so cute so we, yeah we we had a good time so uh it's always about them it's always about the fun and the joy that they had that day and i'm happy that uh that i was here to uh to share that moment with them well, i'm so glad you could be a part of it and, and that is the advantage of getting to be around family in the off season but let's get into some of the baseball stuff first the first thing i want to just get out of the way is a congratulations on your contract extension. It's a huge deal that you're now here through 2023. Um, before we get into the reasons why you signed that contract and everything that has to do with it, I, I do want to ask, how are you feeling? Um, obviously, you had your finger injury headed into this offseason. So how, how are you feeling at the moment physically? Yeah, breaking news right now that I don't have, I, I don't I don't need to get a surgery. So I, I, I talked to a couple of the doctors, you know, the main doctor that he's been kind of on top of my finger the whole year who uh, I, I got to say thank you to Dr. Owens for 
for actually uh, getting me through the whole season, you know, wow. with with a with a broken finger, two fractures. Uh, I, I dislocated my finger and it's still like swelling, you know. Yeah. But uh, I got I got to play through that and something that he told me: if you play through that, you're gonna be um, okay because uh, now you have time to recover, you have time to uh, um, to actually take care of your body and do the things that you need to do without thinking about playing a game at night. So uh, so my finger is feeling good, my body uh, is is in that process of healing of every every little thing that you do throughout the whole year and actually monday yesterday um i started working out uh in in the facility that i've been working out the last three years so i'm i'm really happy with the the, the way that i'm feeling right now i'm preparing for maybe some winter ball action so i might i might go back to venezuela and play over there for a couple of games um i have a dream that is a winning a championship here in, my, in Miami, but I, I also have the dream to win in Venezuela with my Love team. Uh, it's, uh, it's, having, it's, it's having been an easy time for my team in, in Venezuela because uh, they haven't won the last 30 something years. So for me, it's like, uh, uh, I wanna be able to, to be part of something like that if I can. So uh, if I can contribute and play a couple of games, it would, be, it would be nice for me and for my family to watch me play in my country. Well, this is great news for everybody that you're feeling better, that you're on that track. And we would love to see you play in winter ball and see you bring home that championship before maybe someday bringing one here to Miami. And that's where we're going to start heading now in this conversation. You know, let's be honest. You have played out of your mind the last few years. You have really ascended to be one of the top shortstops, not only in the National League, but in Major League Baseball. And so you decided to extend and you decided to stay here in Miami. What was the biggest reason that went into that decision for you? And I know there are many. Yeah, for me, it's uh, the passion and, and the, the, the trust that I have for this organization. Um, it's not it's not the down in my mind that we're heading the right, right direction. It's just a matter of time of, of when we're going to click and, and be uh, complete a complete team, you know, because mm-hmm. we have all the talent. So we, uh, we taste, we taste a couple of the free agent guys that came to the organization. They did a, they did a great job, but uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you have to be honest with yourself and where you are in, in, in the division and, and with the opportunities to win the, uh, to win the division and go to the playoff. Uh, for example, Adam Duvall, we have a, we have a guy in Adam Duvall that was kind of leading the RBI, um, category uh, next to Jesus Aguilar and it's hard to believe that you have a team with uh, the best two run producers in the league right and you're not you're not in the hunt right so uh, for me it's like it's a combination of a lot of things we know we got the pitching but we gotta keep these guys healthy you know we gotta have a Pablo healthy for 150 innings he's probably not gonna be the guy who's gonna throw 200 innings mm-hmm. but I mean, we gotta find a way to keep him on the rotation. Maybe if he if he doesn't make every fifth star, you know, like maybe he have to skip a star here and there. Eliezer Hernandez is another guy that is gonna mm-hmm. be huge and critical for us. I think Sixto Sanchez uh, uh, got a great opportunity to show uh, something next spring training, and hopefully he can bounce back and have a, a, a healthy season. Uh, Trevor Rogers has the first taste of like a full season, even when he has uh, some family problems and. I know families is, is before everything in life. And uh, so for me, uh, Trevor, uh, Jesus, Luzardo, and all these guys going to show that uh, they can contribute to a, a, to a winning team. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, going back to the point that we need to be a complete team, there's, there's some things that we need to uh, 
that we need to address and, and get better at. So for me, individually, I need to get better. Uh, uh, in, the, in every position, everybody needs to get better for us to be a, a championship quality team. So uh, the first thing that we have to do is overcome the Braves. You know, Braves are in that division. They're, uh, they're a World Series team. And, uh, I mean, next year we got to be ready for them. And I think preparation is going to be the key. So we got to start preparing from right now and, and trying to get better individually. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about the Braves in just a second because I do want your opinion on, on their season and where everything has gone and, and even your takes on the World Series later tonight. Uh, as people are listening to this, it'll be the next morning, so we'll figure that out. But, uh, you know, you mentioned when you signed in the day that, that we were at the ballpark with Kim Ang that the, the organization has used the words with you like very active and all in. I want to know what do those words mean to you? When you say you expect the team to be very active or all in, what type of acquisitions do you expect to be made? What do you expect from the organization to support you and the rest of these guys who are competing? Well, yeah, I mean, I, it's not it's not just that I that I hear those words. I think it's a part of the process that we are right now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they took over the new ownership took over in 2018, so it's been uh, almost uh, full four years now. You know. 18, mm-hmm. 19, 20, and 21, um, we have a lot of talent. We have the, the ground, right? We have the floor. So we know uh, what we can do from now on where we have the opportunity to taste a little bit of the, of the postseason, but uh, we barely was over 500. So there's, there's, there's areas and things that we need to get better at. And I think the organization saying that they're going to be really active. What I'm expecting is for them to put the best team that we can put uh, without forgetting about the the process, you know that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like we can't really forget about what the process is gonna mean for this organization because we we're seeing more guys and more guys that they drafted and they're really close, you know. Mm-hmm. With JJ Blade is in Double A already, is in the Arizona Fall League. We see Cameron Meisner. We got we see guys that are approaching the big league. So we can never forget that it's gonna be a combination of a lot of things. And I think the key word for me is gonna be competition. Hmm. So. In this organization, competition is going to be the key because um, if you sign free agents, that means that's going to be competition for the young players. Young players are going to put a, a lot of pressure on us, the, 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 the old players, that we don't want to give up our job for a, for a young player in a, you know, in a, in a, in a good environment because right. uh, we're a family, right? But uh, I still I still being pushed for by Jose Devers, Jose Salas, all of these guys who come in behind me, they mm. just sign a, a first round pick who's a shortstop who can be in my position in like in one or two <laughs> years. Who knows? Right. right. So for me, the competition is going to be so critical for us in spring training where you're going to see Jesus Sanchez fighting for a job over uh, De La Cruz. And that's mm. only going to get them better because they're going to compete against each other, knowing that, I mean, whoever is the best player at that time is going to be uh, part of the team to win a championship. Hopefully everybody's team, but we know, you know, if they bring a couple outfielders, maybe a, an infielder, maybe a catcher, maybe a, a, a reliever, whatever mm-hmm. it, whatever that means is a uh, small competition for other guys who are already in the team. So that's why something that I say, and I mean it, I, I mean it when, when I say that I didn't sign this contract to be the everyday shortstop, right? Because I'm not going to, I'm not gonna be selfish. That uh, that I'm gonna be thinking about um, that I want my position. 
knowing that there's a lot of shortstop in the market, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what the destiny is going to be. And I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm Kim or, or Derek or Bruce saying, okay, we're going to spend on this guy and we're going to go and get Correa. We're going to go and get a story. We're going to go and get Javi Baez. So for me, it's like whatever they can bring to the team who's, uh, who's the best fit, I'm able to move somewhere so I can make this team a winner because, uh, I mean, bottom line, that's, that's all we want. We want to win. And if it's with me ashore, great. If it's with me at somewhere else, that's, that's what we want to get. So, uh, for me, that's the, that's my whole mentality. My mentality is hopefully we can get all the guys that we can get and for, for the talent to get better and fight for a job and hopefully they win a job and for us to get a, a better team. To me, I'm mind blown by your willingness to sacrifice for team. And that's something that you have talked about your entire career. And it's fun because I feel like those of us who have followed the Marlins or have been around the Marlins for a while got to see you and your relationship with Martin Prado, a guy who was doing things like that, right? And now you at this stage of your career where you're still very much in your prime playing at a high level saying, hey, I don't need to be that guy all the time. I want to be the best player I can be, but I don't need to be that guy all the time. It also reminds me of another guy down here, to be honest. It reminds me of Udonis Haslam. And I think in some ways you guys are very similar for the franchises. It's why I call you Senor Marlin, you know, not Mr. Marlin. We got Conine there. But when we talk about bringing guys into this organization now, so so you set yourself up from the position of, okay, here's how we who are already here need to feel if guys come in. But what is the pitch to those free agents you just mentioned, to the Carlos Correas of the world, the Javi Baez's of the world, the Nick Castellanos's of the world? When you could reach out and talk to those guys, what would you have to say to attract them to this organization? Other than, obviously, we have the young pitching. Yeah, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I know what I stand to. You know, I've been playing pretty good baseball. Mm-hmm. And I've been, like you say, you know, I've been playing uh, my best kind of baseball the last couple of years. Yeah. And uh, I, I know uh, my my job here is to defend shortstop, you know. That's that's what I want to do. I want to be one of the one of the best uh, shortstop in the league. Yep. But at the end of the day, I'm not gonna close the doors to a guys that I know is gonna they're gonna make make the, this team better. You know, uh, something that I always refer to is when all of these guys have to play for the for the same team. You yep. know, in the World Baseball Classic, what happened? Uh, Puerto Rico went to the finals. Uh, Dominican went to the finals. Uh, United States went to the finals with a couple shortstop playing yep. in different positions. That doesn't mean that we can do that. You know. Uh, Lindor was playing short, Javi was playing second, and Correa was playing third, right? So Your own owner. I mean, Jeter, Jeter and A-Rod had to do it with each other, right? Where A-Rod had to move to third. Exactly. So for me, other than, like you said, you, you mentioned the, 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 the best point that we have, you know, like we, we can pitch and, and we know that. So our starting pitchers are, are, are amazing. And uh, I said it before the season start, and now I said it again. I put my, 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 five, my top five and my rotation against any rotation in the league. Now, what we need to do to be consistent is the key for for Mm -hmm. those guys to stay on the field, to stay on the rotation, and actually to stay healthy and and mix and match their abilities and and whatever they need to do so they can stay in that rotation for a long time. So that's one of the things that they have to overcome. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is. Maybe the Mm -hmm. off-season program, maybe the throwing program, maybe in-season program. But Whatever they need to do, actually, they need to stay on the rotation for us to be successful. And mm-hmm. and other than that, I would say, you know what? Uh, Miami is a great destination for, for baseball. Even when 
when we don't have the a lot of fans on the ballpark and 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 all the things that we know about our 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 um the fans that that we draw and maybe florida and miami being a tough ballpark to hit in um for me i believe that this organization have a a, a central piece which is Derek Jeter, you know, and knowing that Derek um, have the experience being a baseball player, knowing what a, a, a winning organization looks like, I mean, they ha that have to be interesting for some players, you know, and needs to be kind of knowing that whatever we're building here is, is, a, is, is you can trust, you know, and it's something that is going to be sustainable for a couple of years, and I don't think these guys are going to be hesitant to sign a big a, a big time contract a long time contract knowing that there is going to be on board and it's going to be at the head of the of the organization and knowing that Gary Dembo Don Mattingly these guys are are in the top you know when you have guys like them in the top it's really easy to actually trust what the what the the, the process and the the actually the goal is going to be which is winning a championship but at the end of the day all you want is uh, these guys to have a plan. And when they present it to them, I'm pretty sure that, that I'm, I would be more than happy to talk to them and, and tell them, hey, uh, we're ready to win here. Well, and it's clear that that you buy into that, and, and it's not a, a facade by any means. You were here during the previous ownership. You've watched this build over the last number of years, and, and your confidence in it seems genuine. So as your game has evolved, I, I'm intrigued. We'll stick with you for one more question, and then if you don't mind, we'll kind of poke around the team and maybe even some off-the-field stuff. But as you've had these last couple of great years offensively, I want to know, what have you learned in terms of your approach in Major League Baseball that maybe you take the most pride in, in terms of the way that your game has evolved, particularly on the offensive side? Because you, you came up as a guy that everybody knew, okay, he's a real plus defender, but offensively you've evolved into, again, a top-tier offensive shortstop in this league. Yeah, I'm proud of the way that I can contribute from the top of the lineup. Uh, to mm. be honest with you, I always uh, got seeing as a, First, as a defensive replacement, then a guy who can you can plug in in any position. And actually, my job at that time was to make the, the manager feel comfortable taking out some of the, the regular pieces, which is something that actually I, I see myself in the mirror of John Birdie a lot. Mm. So when I see Birdie playing, you know, like if, if they put Birdie ashore for me, I feel comfortable, you know, because I know Birdie can get the job done. Huh. And that's that's what I was thinking about when I was a bench player and I was like uh, uh, maybe a, a spot starter. Then when I became a shortstop, I wanted to be an everyday shortstop who can contribute offensively because right. uh, I mean everybody knew about my defense that I can be solid and and all that. But uh, I mean I was just happy to be in the lineup and to be in the lineup every day, even if I was hitting eight. Now I took pride of like you know what I I want to get better. I want to hit in the two hole. You know, the best hitters always hit two, three. So I want to be able to hit up there so I can actually put pressure on the team and, and actually pitch me around if they need to, to get to the big boppers where, you know, like they have a running scoring position to, to do their job. And, and I take pride of that, you know, becoming a top of the line of guy, you know, they put me in the little spot. I think I hit five homers of my nine last year uh, mm -hmm. leading off the game. That's something that you always want to do, you know. Like before, I wasn't that kind of hair, that kind of hitter, or 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 I didn't know that I could have done it, you know, because I never experienced it before. 
but now I feel like, okay, man, you, you make a mistake right here. And I'm going to, I'm going to take a swing and I probably take a, take a lead right now for us. And, and that's something that I'm really happy that I, that I'm able to do, you know, like I'm a threat now, you know, like mm. even, even when it's, there's not many homers, I mean, you know, I can keep, I, I can clip you. And so that way they, they, they have to be careful now about me and about me hitting. So I feel before I was kind of overmatched by the league and some pitchers, you know, like some guys, yeah, I handle well some, but uh, other guys that I couldn't even, you know, have a chance to, to get a homer against them or an extra base hit. Now I don't think it's that way anymore. I feel like I prepare and and I became a really good hitter and I I trust myself. You know, I trust myself every time I go over there and I think I can compete against anybody. And there's got to be a major confidence shift in your entire game when you can feel like, okay, I'm not only like actually on the offensive side of the ball, but I can be attacking here as opposed to the pitcher attacking me and taking advantage of mistakes like that. There's got to be a huge confidence that that brings to your entire game and thus why you can be that everyday shortstop. We'll transition here briefly to the World Series that's still happening. It's Game 6. For those of you listening to this on the podcast, this will be funny because the podcast is coming out tomorrow morning, Mickey. So this will be a, a, a chance for them to review what you had to say, but this video will come out before the game tonight. So, as we talk about the Braves and Astros going into Game 6, before I get actually your analysis on this game and who you think is going to win, I want to know, what are the emotions like for you watching the team that eliminated you guys last year in the Braves, the division rival, and you mentioned it before, Adam Duvall, who played with you guys for so much of the season, thriving over there. It's got to be sort of a roller coaster of emotions, right? Yeah, it definitely is, man. Uh, I can't be against, you know, those teams that are in the World Series. Uh, I have so many guys that I play with and I've been playing against for so many years. You know, I I, I feel like a guy like Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, Ossie Alves, they deserve to be there, you know. They went, I mean, they've been through the up and downs in that, in that organization as well. I was in the big leagues in 15 when they, I think they lost 97 games. They, they lost last place team for for this division for a for a couple of years you know mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. they could they couldn't they couldn't win so many games and i feel like i i feel for for fred freeman you know like i i'm i'm kind of know like that i is feeling that you know that anxiety of like i need to win this game so i can i can prove everybody that we overcome all of that even when they win the division for the last four years or something like that i mean job is not done until you win the last game of the year you know Right. And for me, it's like, that's, that's what I feel for those guys. All, on top of that, you know, I play with Duby. Duby, the great guy, man. I, I, can't, I can't be more happy for him and his family for the things that he's doing over there in Atlanta. He likes to play in Atlanta, so he fit right in, in that lineup. And you know the way that he plays center field. Right. Uh, he, even when he's not a center fielder, I, I play. Jock Peterson, Jock Peterson was my, my roommate in the minor league, so I'm so happy for him and wow. the, the things that he's doing. So... Um, yeah, I mean, and but I don't like I don't want them to win the the, the World Series because uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a it's a team that are on my on my same division, and I know it's gonna be really hard because their confidence. That's right. a team with a ton of confidence, you know, and that that confidence will go even higher, and it's mm-hmm. gonna be even even harder. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's that roller coaster of emotions, and the on the other side, great story by Dusty Baker and the way that he um, actually. Managed not just on the field but off the field for those mm. guys, and 
and all the things that the fans have to say and the media and and baseball baseball people have to say about what they did in, in 2017. And for them to be again in the World Series and in the playoff every single year since that happened, it's been amazing, you know. And and I, I know Jose Altuve, I know Carlos Correa, I know Julie Burria. And all of those guys, I'm happy for them too, because I mean that's that's a position that you want a player to be in. And but my prediction is that the, the, the Braves actually take this series in these next couple of days. And the only reason I say that is because, uh, I mean, they throw in, they throw in this guy Garcia uh, in, a, in a really short rest yep. today. So uh, he, he never done that in his career. I don't know how he's going to be. And mm. Matt Free is actually being one of the best pitchers in the second half. Mm-hmm. I have to face him uh, later in the year. And he was doing something different that, I mean, they actually make him really, really good pitcher. So uh, um, for me, uh, the Braves have the, a little bit of the edge. They just want to win one game, and and I think they go for it tonight. So you think they're going to take it? it Braves in six is the plan tonight. The the I don't Atlanta know. Braves I don't know if it's going to be series. in six. All right, all right. Yeah, but you think they take it at some seven, point? But uh, I I definitely feel like the Braves are going to take it. Even I mean. Uh, Mike said, having pitched in two days for three days now, mm-hmm. uh, the bullpen should be relatively uh, uh, fresh. I know mm-hmm. the, the the night shift has been pitching a lot, but uh, uh, for me, the Braves have the, all the tools. If they, they get the lead early in that game, I think it's over because uh, the bullpen is going to be in um, right after. It's going to be exciting to see. I'm, I'm obviously this uh, has a lot of baseball fans between a rock and a hard place, particularly Marlins fans who, for the reasons you mentioned, don't really want to root for Atlanta, don't really want to root for Houston. Uh, but hopefully sometime soon it'll be Miami there. You are listening to Miami Miked Up, presented by Cold Blue Vodka. Let me talk about this bottle for a second. This is something you don't see every day. For those of you listening, it is an ice sculpture design that honestly looks like a piece of art. It really stands out on the shelf, so it'll be hard to miss when you head over and pick up your bottle at your nearest Total Wine or Sam's Club locations. And this ice sculpture design on the outside is just as smooth as the great taste on the inside. You guys need to try Cold Blue because it is premium quality, one of the only liquors that doesn't give me a hangover the next day. Follow Cold Blue Vodka on Twitter and Instagram at Cold Blue Vodka. That's C-O-L-B-L-E-U-V-O-D-K-A for South Florida events and new recipes. I'm going to take you off the field for a second. Um, and, and Miggy, thank you so much for taking this time. I'll, I'll try to just give you just a couple more so that we can get you out of here soon. No problem. Um, no problem. I'm good. But, but working on everything that you do off the field, I love the shoe game. And you've done it. Uh, for a few years now, you've been working on these custom sneakers, custom spikes. At the end of the year, you collaborated with Budweiser on something. Folks can check that out on your Instagram. Also, you work with Stadium Kicks. I'm oh look at these there they there they are for the for the fans watching this one on ValleySports.com. Those are the uh, those are the shoes. But uh, Miggy, how did you first fall in love with shoes like this? Because because to me shoes and you know, kicks like this it hasn't always been a baseball thing how did you end up sort of falling in love with this is it about personality what, what is it with you and shoes yeah the thing is uh I'm, I'm i'm a fan of basketball and i mm. i actually wanted to play basketball when i was younger um i didn't have the talent that i have uh to play basketball uh the same that uh, that i have on the field to play baseball so uh for me i always keep that the dream alive you know i always want to be a basketball player i feel like um uh basketball player has so much swag and <laughs> i think it 
all come from the shoes, you know, like all of these superstars have their own shoe and their own, like kind of uh, Nike got a couple guys that they make shoes every single year. And I mean, you see Kyrie Irving, you see uh, uh, LeBron James, you see guys like them having their own shoe. And it's a, uh, it's a it's a really cool thing to have, and and I'm a big fan of Michael Jordan. So mm. I um, actually didn't enjoy that much of his his time playing in the NBA because I was really young. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been actually like watching documentals, uh, all the stuff that they're putting out from uh, MJ, and I'm I'm so happy that he's actually a, a part owner of the organization with oh, yeah. Marlins, and my dream is uh, is to get to meet him. So. Uh, uh, that's something that I, that it would be really cool, but that's how that's how my um, my love for the shoes start. Okay. Then uh, you know, in the minor leagues, you don't make you don't make much money, right? Right. right. So uh, for me, it was really hard to get a pair of Jordans. You know, a pair of Jordans can be really expensive, and uh, two hundred dollars for a minor leaguer every every month or every every fifteen days is a is a good amount of money. Yeah. So uh, I didn't have I didn't have that kind of money to get like all the shoes that I really want. And as soon as I, I get to the big leagues, I was making a little bit more of money. So I started collecting, n- not collecting shoes because at the time I wasn't going to call it collecting shoes, but I get a couple pairs here and there and I keep them, you know, like I never give it away. You know, I wear them a lot and you can see a couple of, of the pairs that, that, I, that I wear on the field. Um, I wear a lot of Jordans. So uh, uh, I started a collection when I, when I got the opportunity and now I have over a hundred pairs of, of of, of Jordan uh, retro cleats. So That's I collect I collect shoes from the, the number one to the 14 that, that was the last pair that Jordan wore with the Bulls. So um, uh, that's how I started, man. And and I feel like that's part of who I am, you know? That's how I express myself. I, I express the, the colors that I like, the mm-hmm. things that I like to do off the field through my shoes because, you know, like I paint it, I like to play poker and I paint a shoe with a with a poker hand. Uh, I paint a shoe with a, with my with the Venezuelan flag and the, the, the place that I come from. So uh, I, I present, actually, I present my feelings and, and the things that I like through my shoes. And, and that's a, I think that's a good platform that I have to uh, showcase my, my, the things that I like to do off the field. I think it's the coolest thing that that's a way you're able to do that. Is it all just Jordans or is it any type of sneaker or is Jordans the main part of the collection? Well, my collection is, is Jordans, but yeah. I, I mean, I have, a bunch of Nike shoes. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, I I, st- I stay between Nike and Jordan. I don't I don't I don't go you don't drift to too others. far out. Yeah, yeah. Because if I go out, you know, if I start collecting Yeezys or something like that, that's gonna be too expensive and it's gonna be way too much a uh, uh, room in my house or, mm-hmm. or places. Uh, so <laughs> right now, would... like uh, right behind me, I got a picture. Let me let me show you real yeah, quick. Please. So the people who see this, oh, those are so sweet. Look at that. Picture? That's so sick. That's the collection right Air there. Rojas right there. Right. So I, I I I put the picture on the wall and then I have the collection around it. So Oh, it's so awesome. already. So. That is so sick. Oh my god. I love it. All right. So the guy that we have to the guy that we have to put you in contact with is PJ Tucker, who's now with Heat. Oh yeah. He has like 5,000 pairs of shoes. I spoke with him at, at Heat Media Day, and we were talking about it, and he has all these separate you know, wings in the house with all the shit. It's crazy. It's crazy talking to him. And actually, speaking of the Heat, we'll, we'll go to that real quick. You said you're a big basketball fan. I know you were just at the game on Friday night. And actually, before this Panther season, I spoke with Alexander Barkov, and, and he said, because he's such a big fan of the Heat, 
that he's actually learned a lot from watching them and their culture and that that sort of imprinted the way that he leads within the Panthers organization. Do you, do you feel similar that in the way that you've been down here watching guys like Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam sort of around you and everything with their culture has influenced you as a leader? Yeah, absolutely. And the way that they're playing the game right now, uh, I remember I was watching the game. More than anything, I watched that uh, they don't rely on one guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can have the Jimmy Butler. You can have uh, the Tyler Hero that is going to be a, a start off the bench and stuff like that. But they count on every single guy on their team to, to do the job. And I think that's a culture, you know. And if you talk to UD, you will, you will hear that. And you will listen to him talking. And you will see how important for him is not just to be part of the big three, is be part of the team, you know? Like, I remember, yeah, I mean, they have a big three, they won a championship, but they made it with LeBron, D-Way, and Bosch, but they couldn't do it without uh, UD and, and another guy mm-hmm. over there, you know? Like, the bench guys were so important because they have, a, they have, they have something to do, and that's the culture and the, the, the routines that they need to follow to be a winner in a consistent basis. It doesn't matter who's in the team or who's in the court right now, uh, the, those five guys need to do their job to keep us in the game and keep us in the season. So for me, watching that, it was amazing because, uh, I mean, you don't see a superstar scoring 50 points every day, but you see everybody putting their, you know, putting their, their job, doing their job. And, and that's something that I, that I feel like if we do as an organization with the Marlins too, I mean, that's something that you want to create, not just as a, as a team culture, but as a city culture kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it would be amazing if the premise of, you know, quote-unquote heat culture just became Miami culture and every one of these teams was going about it with that same sort of mentality of, hey, you know, they, they've got on those new jerseys that just dropped today. It says 15 strong. You know, they're top to bottom of the organization. They, they want everybody to be a part of it. Your analysis on basketball is, is, is great. And so actually, I'm going to take a question that I had for you at the end. Post-career. Would you care more to be a major league baseball manager or do you do you care more to work in like the TV podcast radio space? Do you want to do broadcasting or do you want to be still on the field with the guys? Yeah, that's a tough question because I really enjoy what I'm doing right now, especially with the opportunity that John Boy Media uh, present yeah. me this year. So with my with my collaboration with Chris Rose and the Rose rotation uh, at the on the podcast, uh, uh, shout out to them because yeah. uh, I mean it's been a great opportunity and and uh, I mean I enjoy I enjoy talking about my experience I enjoy talking and and relating my career to others or or saying my little you know my little part of of something that is going on around baseball and things like that and I think it's important for fans to know and for us players to take the time to talk to um, about this stuff you know with mm-hmm. people because uh, mm-hmm. they will get a better understanding because I see a lot of negative um, uh, commentating in on social media from people that probably they don't want to do it that way, but they probably don't know any better. So that's why it's important for players to continue to communicate with, with fans, uh, even with this uh, on this um, kind of uh, manners, you know, because uh, I mean, you have the opportunity to talk to them even when it's not face to face but you have the opportunity to, to say, hey, this is how it is. It's not that easy to hit the ball. You 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 see Altuve swinging at that sinker because that, that ball is not supposed to move that way. So, uh, yeah, uh, again, I don't know if it's going to be uh, on top of being in the on the field and being a manager because that's what I like to do. And I feel like I would like to um, um, 
persecute that career and actually get an opportunity to be a maybe a, a third base coach, maybe an infield coach, maybe a um, whatever it is, you know, like you, you don't know how you're going to start. But yeah, uh, I think being a manager on top of being in a in on behind the behind the screen or behind the, yeah. the, the camera. That job will always be there for you down the line. You're so good at it. That, that, that's not something <laughs> you have to pursue immediately. You could stay within baseball. OK, just two more questions for you. The, the, the last guy that I want to touch on before, you know, we sort of wrap this up is, is your relationship with Jazz Chisholm Jr., who is, you know, the theoretical next shortstop one day, but for right now is your middle infield partner. You guys are the shortstop and the second baseman. And he mentioned to me, I actually spoke with him on the very first episode of this show. Um, and he talked about the relationship you guys had. And he said that something that you told him when he first came over from the Diamondbacks, which was, it doesn't matter which one of us is playing shortstop or second. Don't let anyone stop you from being you. That that advice helped him so much as he was first becoming a professional. He was learning to be more professional on the field and, and following your advice has helped him a lot. So could you speak about the relationship that the two of you have and, and how much maybe you value being a mentor to a young player in the league? Yeah, that's a, that, it's a, it's a relationship now because, uh, uh, we got the time to spend, uh, a full year together, you know, and now I feel like I know Jazz a little bit more and he knows me a little bit more. And we have a little bit more of confidence of me going to him. And actually he, he, he got, uh, he got some time on me now that, uh, he can come to me and tell me things, you know, and right. that's how a relationship goes. It's a two way thing that, uh, that I always gonna value, you know, because uh, when when I actually I'm there just just giving in advice, I don't feel that's a relationship. It's a guy trying to help other to get better, you know. But now it's a relationship because uh, I mean I get the time to listen to him, I get the time to 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 know what he likes, what he doesn't like, and that way I know how to approach him, and and that's why our relationship I think is gonna continue to grow, and I, I think it's gonna. It's going to continue to get better, just not just on the field, but with the teams that they, he needs to do uh, to be a complete professional player. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I can share with you guys is uh, the way that he got hurt this year, right? He got mm -hmm. hurt this year a couple of times just because he, he was going not just 100%, but over the top. It's like going 120% when sometimes you, you can't really afford to do that because... Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like, okay, if this is the first inning of this game, we're in the middle of June, we don't need you to be diving for balls that you're probably not going to get this guy out of first base. And even if you will, it's more important for you to stay on the field and to be the leadoff guy or the, the two-hole the two hitter guy for this team for a long run. They're just making that out, and so we lose you or, or we have – we, we're not going to be with you for a couple of days or because you die from that shoulder. You did something to your groin because you're trying to catch a ball mm. and make a, an under, a, a amazing, a, an outstanding catch. But sometimes those things he needs to learn. You know, he needs to learn that he doesn't have to die for every single ball. And those are the kind of things that I talk to him a lot because I'm not going to change anything that he's doing. I'm not a coach. I'm kind of, I want to be a friend for him on the field, his partner, you know, like he can count on me or anything, but I'm going to let him, let him be and let him go because that's the way that he's really good. You know, it's exciting mm -hmm. to see what he can do, you know, the way that he can run the bases, the, how much he learned from uh, Starling Martin jump on, on the jumps to get uh, stolen bases and all that. You see it like 
uh, the first part of the season, I think uh, he got caught a lot of times uh, mm-hmm. trying to steal bases. But then after that, he he picked his spot a little bit better. He knows when to go now. So that's the kind of process that these guys is having, you know? So much talent, but at the end of the day, you got to understand that these guys are going to go through a process where not everything is going to happen at the first time, you know? Mm-hmm. We, we saw it on, on, on Sandy Alcantara. First, first, first year or two, maybe struggling a little bit, and now he's becoming an ace. He's becoming a, mm-hmm. a side young candidate, and you can see it on guys like him. Uh, I feel just it's going to be one day it's going to be a 30-30, maybe a 40-40. You, you never know because this guy, um, the sky is the limit for him if he stays on the field. So that's why I want to – I just want to help him to, uh, to be a little bit smarter with decisions that he makes sometimes on the field um, so that way he can stay and play 162 games. Well, I know he values having you as that friend slash mentor with him. It clearly means a lot, you know, and team chemistry is something that's very real in Major League Baseball. And having all these guys that are all committed to the same sort of goal because it takes so many different contributors. But we've covered a lot through this interview, so I appreciate you taking the time. So when you finish these two years on your contract, it'll be nine with Miami. You will trail only Luis Castillo in terms of tenure in the history of the Marlins franchise. So with everything we just covered from the growth of the young guys to the pitching staff, new additions, do you believe the Marlins can be a legitimate contender going into 2022 and beyond? Yeah, I mean, I've been in this organization for a long time and I'm... I'm... I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that, I mean, we're getting closer to where we want to be. But not just with me saying that, that means that we're going to go to the postseason and we're going to play in the World Series. Um, there's a lot of things that needs to happen for a team to be in the World Series. And for me, I mean, that's not a controllable, you know? You mm-hmm. have to go through the season, but the only thing that you can do is the way that you prepare for the year, you know? If every guy, I, I believe that every guy that left that clubhouse in before the season, the, the, before the season was over, they were ready to work hard so they can prepare in spring training because spring training is going to be a little bit different for us. We want to work so hard that, that we're going to be prepared for day one of the season. Mm-hmm. And those things are the things that you can actually control. After that, you know, like injuries, uh, things that happen in the middle of the year, you never know what's going to happen. And we're going to need help from every single part. We're going to need help from um, coaching staff. We're going to need help from front office. We're going to need help from the, the Kim and, and, and the GM area. We're going to need help from every, everybody for us to be a winning team. And that's not the only thing. The, only, the, the, the thing that I'm most proud about is that we want to be consistent. We, we don't want to get there one year and then stop there. You know, so for me, yeah, being a, a I want to be a, a contender and I want to have the opportunity to play for for something bigger and, and trying to make it to the playoff. But at the end of the day, we can't forget about the process and being a contender for a, for so many years instead of just one year. So mm-hmm. uh, nothing to promise, but I mean, but working hard and get better for for next season individually. That's all that anybody can ask for from you as an individual. Miguel Rojas, the shortstop of the Miami Marlins today, tomorrow, and for hopefully years to come. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. This was an absolute blast. Uh, Thank you very much, and uh, I hope uh, people over there and all the Marlins fans enjoy this. 
Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. (laughs) 